All right, just turn it on and here we go in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Do You Know The Mob? I'm your co-host, Sam Yo Bratton, and right beside me, the one and only, Brandon Ellis. Brandon, it has gotten a little steamy and a little hot outside. I'm a little toast. I am, I, I am. I got sunburned. I know, I like to think I'm a tan guy, but you're you're even more tan. Yeah, you know, and I've realized that I need to start wearing a little bit more sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little sunburnt the other day. Do you, uh, do you want to tell the folks why you have a little more tan tint to you? Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I am part Native American from Oklahoma, so it's it's one of those things where... Uh, Is it one-fourth? One not eight? quite from... I think one-sixteenth. One-sixteenth. Very, very minor. He's about uh, four times away from a scholarship. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, uh, my great-grandma was full-blood Cherokee. Mm. So. Gotcha. Now, you got a marathon shirt on. What you what you wearing there? Oh, this is the Chattanooga Half Marathon oh, shirt. Oh, the half. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Sam. I won this one. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> went, went out to celebrate with Corey Olick afterwards. Shout out to Corey. He oh, listens man. to our podcast. Where he, where he tells me he does. Yeah, we'll see if he does or This will be the test. This is the test. Brandon, are you... I know you like to eat peanut butter just straight up, like a spoon or knife. That's, That's kind true. of your thing. It's My true. girlfriend likes that, too. <sighs> Her brother is larger than peanut butter, so he can't. But now that she, you know, doesn't live with him anymore, she does it. But I had to ask: Are you a cereal guy? Do you like? I am cereal? a cereal guy. The bowl of cereal has really changed landscapes. I grew up eating it every breakfast, but apparently now it's like a midnight snack thing. I I actually use a snack. I almost grabbed a bowl of cereal before we came into the studio. Oh, okay, the studio. I love it. We're so official here. <laughs> yeah, um, I grew up eating it every time for breakfast, but I don't anymore. But for our trivia today, I wanted to do top 10 most popular cereals bought in America. Like oh. the name of a cereal. So you might need a paper and pencil, I don't know. But let's see what kind of cereals you kind of like name on the top of your head and which ones you think might be top 10. Sam, I'm not going to lie. I've actually looked this up before. Have you really? Well, that's okay. Well, let's test it. Let's see what you got. Uh, it's been a while. What's your favorite? I have to ask what's your favorite. Uh, I love peanut butter flavored ones. Oh, okay. Cheerios, <laughs> but does the rest of America. So wait, you said Honey Nut Cheerios and what else? Oh, peanut butter Cheerios. But Honey Nut Cheerios is definitely one. Oh, okay. Okay. Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to go with Mini Wheaties. Oh, Mini Wheaties. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, Lucky Charms is definitely mm-hmm. up there. I always go for the marshmallows straight the mar- up. Oh, I <laughs> and then I'm disappointed with the rest of the cereal. <laughs> one time I got a three-pound thing of Lucky, like the, the marshmallows. Do they just sell the marshmallows? It was an off-brand, but yes, they were delicious. I mean, you'd think there would be a market in itself for that. <laughs> there was. Um, we'll go with Reese Puffs, like okay. the Reese Puff ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying That's to think four. The, it's four. I'm trying to think the rest of my aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Frosted Flakes. Yep. Okay. Frosted Flakes. I've already said Cheerios. Uh, you said Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios. Do you want to put Cheerios as well? I want to put both. Actually, okay. I feel so like that's six. Both, I feel like they're both very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like the Flintstone one? Oh, Fruity Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles. Okay. I feel like that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me Just think. a few more. I know it's tough without like looking at an aisle. I'm going through mentally going through the label. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found out like Kellogg's and General Mills and Post own 
the market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like big time. Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs okay. one. That'll be number eight. And then just two more if you can. Oh, it's no man. biggie if you can't, but. Uh, I know I'm going to be upset. Now I'm going to give me a second to think. Oh, mm-hmm. what's the one? Let's go. I'll go Brain Flakes for one. That's a solid old mm-hmm. school person. There's People are getting older every day. That's so. right. That's right. Um, and I'll, then I'll what's, the, what's the one where it's like kind of flakes, but then they have like strawberries or almonds you can get them with those two? Uh, life um, or... No, not life. You're talking not, about... Um, it's not life. It's oh, not um, honey nut crisp or... It's not that. If it's on the list, I'll, I'll put All that right. in my back we'll, pocket we'll, of the wild card. We'll, we'll give you the description if it is. All right, okay. so here's the order. Number one... Cheerios. Okay. Number two, Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, wow. We got both. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So that's how popular they are. One and two. So good for, for them. Two Number for three, they're more than great. Frosted Flakes. Okay. So we're three so for three. Tony the Tiger there. Number four, Honey Bunches of Oats. Oh, is that what you That mean? was what I think I was uh, trying okay. to Okay. We'll of. be nice to Brandon and give it to him. I don't think you got number five, and this is my favorite. It's sugary cinnamon toast crunch. You know I didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't say it with purpose. <laughs> <in> principle. <laughs> I thought that said no. You got number six, Lucky Charms. Okay. Number seven was Fruit Loops. I forgot Fruit Loops. And then number eight was Frosted Mini Wheats. You did say that. Yeah. Number nine was Life. But then you got number ten with fruity pebbles. You got like seven out of ten or eight out of ten. Did seven you see the chocolate, the peanut butter. Ones did not make there? number ten. Ah, America, you gotta reconsider. What you're <laughs> the, you are a fan of the peanut butter. That may have been the best I've ever done for these. Yeah, well, it helps when you've looked it up before. <laughs> but you know, we gotta yeah. we gotta get you feeling good somehow, right? <laughs> I feel good somehow. Well, today, folks, we're gonna stick in the Chicago land. Chicago. Use <laughs> our best Chicago accent, brand. Chicago. Chicago. And we're going to do Jaime the Pole Weiss. Weiss. I kept calling it the wrong thing. I was saying Weiss, but it's Weiss. Weiss. Um, so uh, the Pole is his nickname, but actually a Jaime is kind of a nickname too from childhood. So Earl Jaime Weiss was born in present-day Poland, January 25th, 1898. His parents were um, Wazinskis, basically. And what they did is they shortened the last name to just the W-E-I-S-S, which we've seen before with the immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how popular that was in the 1800s, 1900s, but obviously it was. So mm-hmm. they arrived in the U.S. when Jaime was only three years old, and they moved to Buffalo. Uh, short, Like, they moved to Buffalo, and then they shortly moved to Chicago right after. So he really grew up in Chicago. He grew up as a Polish Catholic immigrant family, which this will be important later on. So Polish and Catholic. Got it. And uh, and so, like most future mobsters, as a teenager, Earl Jaime was getting caught up in the wrong crowd and committing petty theft. One time, he was caught and nicknamed the Perfume Burglar. <laughs> How would you like that nickname? The Perfume Burglar, uh, he was called that by police because of, you know, he was stealing perfume. His parents sent him to Catholic school to try to get a religious teaching instilled in him. Because that, that'll, that'll shape. That'll change it right there. He developed the nickname Jaime as a teenager. This is believed to be because he looked Jewish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently that's a Jewish name. But it doesn't really make sense because he's not. Um, Jaime continued to run with the Polish gangs of Chicago and hated the Germans. So I guess you know that I guess that kind of suits mm-hmm. with it. He wanted to fight in World War One, but was rejected for health reasons. He shot his brother once for taunting him for not fighting in the war. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Wow. I mean, I know you, Brandon, you and your brothers have had their fair share of fights, but I don't think it led to that. Well, no one's ever shot anyone. <laughs> Not on purpose, anyway. Yeah. Um, on one occasion, we chased away at gunpoint while he was, uh, uh, or he was chased away at gunpoint by Deputy A, the U.S. Marshal, who came to arrest the friend. Like, he chased them away um, for a violation of the Man Act. Uh, he was at a party that he was attending when he chased away this this u.s marshal which has a lot of guts mm -hmm. um brandon could you tell us about the man act and what that was exactly yeah um we kind of want to highlight this one because this will come up several times kind of this time period we're talking about uh the man act is also known as the white slave traffic act of 1910 it's a federal law that criminalizes the transportation of any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or for any other immoral purpose to quote them mm -hmm. um it was passed actually by an illinois congressman so so they must have been particularly having a problem in chicago over <laughs> yeah and the idea it was passed was to prevent human trafficking mm, um okay. so you kind of get in the world there of talking about prostitution i suppose prostitution's always been a state or local government law I Actually. guess so, yeah. And Whereas, then, like, prohibition was federal. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you'll kind of get to if you look at the Mann Act, it's been used over the years for quite a few different things. Mm -hmm. um, there for a while, they used it a lot of times for interrelational relationships to punish oh, them. Oh, So they kind of really? get on that. So um, anything sexually that they found uh, wrong or sinful, yeah. they were going to... To quote them, deviant behavior. <laughs> That's one way to put so, it. <laughs> yeah, but it's been used in quite a few different cases. So, Cal, you're talking about it's really interesting. Uh, they used the Man Act. So um, this plays a big part later on because, as you'll see, um, this gets back into the North Sider versus South Sider Chicago, mm. and um, the group that Weiss was a part of was very Catholic, and so they hated the other group not just because of their rival gang, but they did prostitution rings, and apparently that's where the line was drawn for them. Mm. <laughs> we can rob banks and even murder, but no, no, no prostitution. <laughs> but you dare touch yeah, someone else? That's right. So um, the U.S. Marshal, we chased away. The Marshal came back with reinforcements. We tried to sue and lost. <laughs> also, when photographers tried to snap his picture, we would glare at them and say in a low voice, you take a picture of me and I'll kill you. <laughs> so um, what's famous about Jaime the Pole Weiss, Brandon, which I know you hadn't really heard of him before, is he is supposedly the most feared man by Al Capone. That's, the, that's kind of really? claim the fame. Al Capone has been quoted as saying he's the only guy Capone really feared in his criminal life. So he finally, uh, Jaime friended Dean O'Banion, which Dean O'Banion uh, introduced him to Bugs Moran, okay? So these guys were known as the Northsiders. And mm. so Dean O'Banion is kind of the big beginning of the group that we know of, and later on we see the other guys take over as, you know, as people die and stuff. But, uh, so the Northsiders had a common run-ins with the other mob groups, such as George, Johnny Torrio and the Gino brothers, and, you know, later, later on, uh, you would find Al Capone. Jaime used his smarts and organizing skills to help the mobsters with bootlegging, gambling, and other various crimes. Hmm. And, like I said, one of the biggest reasons for the hatred was that the, the South Side gang, Al Capone's group, would run prostitution rings because there was money to be made, just like Prohibition, you know, alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so um, Jaime was no exception to the hatred, and he actually wore a cross around his neck and attended mass regularly, which was right across the street from the gang's headquarters. So Good. how about that? Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, so his religious views contradicted their actions, and he... Uh, 
he had devised a way and to be unsuspecting victims. Um, so he would he would do funny things like he would devise he devised a one way ride in which unsuspecting victims would give a ride in the car's front passenger seat, and then he'd suddenly shoot or strangle them. Oh, like a backseat killer. So um, they said we suffered painful migraines, and once said, "I don't expect to live long, but I expect to live long enough." So a lot of the reason I think people feared him or he was kind of crazy is because he lived life on the edge. He knew, I guess, he must have known. Like he was gonna die or something. Mm. So he that's why he was daring and fearless. Um, that's one way to live life if you think you're deteriorating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so relations between the North and South Side gangs uh, deteriorated as O'Banion sought to expand his territory. So when da- O'Banion uh, would do this in 1924, the South Side mob killed him. So Weiss by then was Ro- O'Banion's right hand man. So he took over and swore revenge mm. <laughs> like a good mobster would. In 1925, he and his men attacked Torrio in front of his house. Johnny Torrio was the other gang. Torrio survived the attack, both seriously wounded, and returned to native Italy. So that's so O'Banion's gone, but so Torrio kind of hands the reins off to his group. So we're just seeing the next people groomed up. Weiss then went on to go after Capone, who was going to take over. Hmm. Capone was said to, like I said, generally afraid of his rival. And uh, he often tried to request truces with Weiss, but Weiss would have none of it. Um, they made numerous attempts to kill each other. At one point, um, many Northsiders, seven carloads of Northsiders, shot up Capone's headquarters at the Hawthorne Hotel in Cicero. Mm. Um, Cicero's in Illinois. And they nearly destroyed the building, but Al Capone somehow survived. Mm. In 1926, Weiss and his gang left at a courtroom for a trial that they are being witnesses for the death of a man they had an alliance with. As they left, two gunmen hidden in a nearby rooming house opened fire with a submachine gun and shotgun. This is very, like, movie-like, right? Yeah, it is. Um, So, uh, Weiss and Murray were fatally wounded by the final burst. William O'Brien was hit four times and staggered into a nearby stairwell (laughs) at the initial sound of the gunfire. A panicked Sam Peller drew his .38 instinctively fired a shot at the general direction of shooters. So there's just a lot of shots going on. This built unintentionally as Weiss had collapsed onto the sidewalk. Weiss was seriously wounded and died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. He was only 28 years old. Brandon, how old are you? Uh, 27. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going so, out soon, folks. Among the possessions found on Jaime Weiss's body was $6,000 in cash and checks, a list of jurors on the trial that he was just at, and a 1911 Colt automatic pistol. And his personal Bible. <laughs> bright- what a, <laughs> Brandon, when you die, I hope you have all those things. I'm going to bribe someone <laughs> or shoot him. <laughs> and I'm going to pray while I'm doing it. Jaime's brother was questioned and famously was quoted as saying, I've seen him once in 20 years. And that was when he shot me six. Uh, that's when he shot me. <laughs> like, like, you remember when his, he yeah, his brother? Yeah, I said, I've seen him once he shot me. Um, so Jaime, uh, you, when they say less of jurors, it's actually not surprising because we see this in the New York and Chicago, the whole uh, try not to get witnesses to talk. And it worked because if they did talk, a lot of times they had, went mysteriously gone. <laughs> Disappeared, basically. Yeah. So that's Jaime the Pole Weiss of Chicago. And uh, again, I'm Sam Braden. Yeah, this is Brandon Ellis. Signing off on Do You Know the Mob?